0: Well, happy Valentine's Day. It is about two degrees outside. Now that is cold. And uh, God made it that cold. God made the decision to uh, bring snow about and uh, freeze everything. And he's got a plan of, of, of how life works. We don't understand it. God made it uh 2 degrees outside, even though we don't want it to be that cold. You know, God also made a temperature inside of our hearts to be 97 degrees or or 98 degrees, uh, maybe 103 degrees if you've got COVID. Uh, But God put that temperature because it was exactly what it took for us to uh, survive that temperature inside of us. And, you know, inside of our heart, we often think that this, uh, this organ, the heart, is where love comes from. That's the general consensus among our culture, that this, this heart is where, where we get love. But love is, originates and comes from a different source completely. It comes from God. And so what we're going to talk about today. The love that comes from God and uh, what we need to do with that and how we need to um, give that love away so I'm glad you're here today Uh, thank you for joining us virtually when we couldn't meet together to fellowship so let's start out with prayer father God I ask that you would guide us in the Holy Spirit uh, focusing on your word and in every place that we are right now Lord Jesus we ask that Uh, You will guide us in a spirit of boldness and encouragement to uh, reach out to our community and to put into effect your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so we're going to be working out of the book of John today. First thing I want to ask is what do you spend um, on the folks that you love? Like, How much do you spend on the folks whom you consider uh, the folks that you love the most. It's common before you're married, when you're engaged, to uh, spend a lot of money on a ring. Like At least a fella does, right? He saves up money. I think it, in the old days it was about common to spend about uh, three months' wages on the wedding ring for your bride that you was about to marry. Now, That's a lot of money. But, you know, uh, love costs something. Love costs. And I think that's a symbol. The wedding ring is a pretty good symbol of love. It's a circle. And so, historically, traditionally, it symbolizes that God's love is complete. It's never ending. It continues to go. And uh, that's our uh, example of perfect love. And so when we save up money to pay for a ring that uh, would seem ridiculous, it's, it's a symbol of our love. I, I didn't spend that much on uh, my ring. I, I took a, a dime, you know, like a coin, and I drilled a hole through it, and I stuck it on a nail, and I pounded it out to make a... Uh, that, that was actually my wife's engagement ring. And I spent I a little bit more on the wedding ring. I, I got a stainless steel um, nut that goes on a bolt and I drilled it out and actually that costs more in uh, Broken drill bits and files and sandpapers um, but uh, I tried to be cheap and Ended up cost so much time that I should have just uh, perhaps went out and spent the money on a, a three months wage on a, on an actual ring but it showed it showed my Um, love i guess i hope you should ask my wife i hope it showed my um, love to her now you know god has many attributes they are things like omnipotent god is omniscient he is sovereign god is just he is merciful he is immutable and he is loving One Bible verse says that God is love, and that's true. God is love, but that's not all God is. When God created the world, He exhibited His power and His sovereignty. With just a word, just one word, He spoke wonderful, amazing things into existence. He is sovereign over the universe. He's sovereign over the sun and the moon and the stars. And in fact, one day, in the Old Testament we can read, He created the sun to stop in its tracks. And this was for Joshua. Joshua prayed about it in this battle. And, and, and God, for Joshua, for that battle, stopped the sun so that the battle could be won. He is in control of it all. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 tells us that ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. And it makes me wonder, why in the world, in God and all His invisible qualities, in his eternal power, in his divine divine nature, why would God, in his infinite wisdom, give man free will? If I was in charge, praise God I'm not, but if I was in charge, I wouldn't leave it up to man. I know how that turns out. But God knew something that I didn't, obviously. Uh, He gave us free will so that we could sin or so that we could love. He had a purpose behind that. You know, he knew that man was going to disobey and bring the curse of death to his creation. Um, Why would he allow us to make that decision? The answer is love. That's the answer. That's why God gave us that free will. Now it seems a little reckless to let um, such a life and death decision rest upon fallible human beings like you and I. But still, God deemed it best to do it that way. Love cannot be true love if it is demanded or taken by force. I had myself a pet raccoon one day. Well, years ago, actually. And, uh, man, this raccoon was a good little pet. And I wanted, as it grew older, it become uh, less and less friendly. And I thought sometimes if I just caught that raccoon and, and, and loved it and held on it and, you know, and uh, pass it around to the kids, um, that we could make that raccoon love us, and, and that that would be good. And you know, if we were to do that, it may have tamed that raccoon down. Um, I have my doubts on that, though. It's pretty crazy. But I don't believe that would have been true love. You see, love it, it is, a, is a decision. And I, and I realize that's why people have dogs for pets, because a dog just kind of uh, naturally makes the decision to love you. You know, you, you can discipline a dog. You can even be pretty hard on a dog, and it, it will love you. And, and we're talking about animals, pets, but um, it's a good illustration of, of God has to be something that they do to you. And God knew this. Uh, true love is courageous, and it's costly. It's a courageous, costly gift. Knowing that man would risk rejecting him, knowing that sin would separate God from man, God also knew what he was willing to do to win man back. You know the verse. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Now you heard the saying uh, do it like so. Like when somebody's trying to tell you how to do something or they're showing you um, it'd be like, do it like so. And what that means is, it doesn't mean um, the word so, the normally way we use it, but it means do it like this. Do it like I'm doing it like this. Uh, so if we were to replace the word so in John 3:16 with like this, so for God, like this, or in this way, loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. You can rearrange the commas and we can rephrase it and say, For God loved the world like this, he gave his only begotten Son. This passage is often misquoted and it's used When it's misquoted, it's being used by itself to make God sound like He is a God of love instead of a loving God. Let me say that again. People use this verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, so that they will not perish but have eternal life. They use that to say that God is a God of love instead of Of a loving God. They use this passage sometimes to justify the idea that since he loves the whole world. He will let the whole world, everyone into heaven and never judge anyone. Or people often create their own God. One who loves uh, people in general so much that he doesn't care what evil practices or what sin they pursue. God is a loving God, but he is still God, which means that he is to be feared, respected, and obeyed because he will judge according to his righteous standards. He is to be feared. He is God, after all, and he gets to make the rules. We don't like the sound of uh, fearing something, fearing God, Let's think of it as take seriously. There are a lot of things in in life that that I take seriously, but maybe I don't fear um, since the word doesn't necessarily fit in this situation. To fear God, when Scripture says that, we must take God seriously. There are a lot of things in our lives that uh, we don't take seriously. Probably because we're not afraid of what might happen if we don't take it seriously. Uh, When I was... You know, if, if there's a threat, maybe my uh, nine-year-old boy comes up to me and says, "Dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whip you for good," and uh, I'm not too afraid. I, I don't take him seriously. Number one, I know he's probably just joking. He wants to have fun. Number two, he isn't big enough. Um, but if, if you know, a 250-pound dude comes up and tells me that, I might take him seriously if he's got that look. Do we take God seriously? Do we fear God? That plays in a part with this love, because we usually don't love things that we fear. But we should take God seriously. He takes us seriously enough to love us in a way that is above Everything we can even imagine, we we don't even we don't even know what love means compared to how God gives us. I mean, we have uh, we have the uh, what to read about it in His Scripture, um, but still, it's hard to understand love. And uh, you know, you uh, older folks, may, maybe I mean, I'm talking to like folks like me. We we've got teenage kids, and uh, you hear them say. Maybe I love my boyfriend or my girlfriend and and you think to yourself, well, you don't even know what love means. You ain't, I mean, they say it because they have the feeling inside. After you've been married for well enough years to have a teenager, um, you understand love in a little bit different light. You understand its struggles, uh, its difficulties. You understand the goodness that comes on the other side of those struggles, and you know I talk like I know what uh, love is like, and 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 a teenager doesn't. I wonder uh, what somebody like my parents or or that next generation, when I say lo- I love my wife, they hear me say that and think, boy, you have no idea. Wait till you've been married for forty years, then you know what love's like. And I can't wait to get to heaven. Because when we are at heaven, in heaven with God personally and Jesus right there, he's gonna be thinking, you know, when you were living down on earth and you were trying to love and you were saying you love people, I was up here thinking, Boy, you have no idea. Just wait till you get to heaven. Then you'll understand love in its fullest extent. I can't wait to can't wait to get there. Now, uh, where were we? Hmm. So John 3.16 in context is like this. In context, studying John 3.16, Jesus is having a conversation with a fella named Nicodemus. Now, he is talking to Nicodemus in this situation, him and Nicodemus. Um, It's not such a large crowd. Uh, It's just him and another fella. when, When Jesus is teaching... Um, the, the Sermon on the Mount, he's, he's got a lot of folks uh, gathering around to hear what he's got to say. In this situation, he's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a well-known uh, Pharisee, uh, and he's respected. And this converta- convers- conversation is actually taking place at night. It's after dark because uh, Nicodemus doesn't want to be caught talking with Jesus. He admits that Jesus must be from God, but he still can't quite understand what God's plan is or how uh, Jesus or himself fits into that plan. And then Jesus tells him in this conversation, tells Nicodemus, John chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. Their actions were evil. All who do evil and hate the light, refuse to go near it, for fear that their sins will be exposed. John chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. Verse 16, in context, in the middle of these other verses that we just read, is communicating Jesus' self-sacrificial act of love. It is God's invitation, His proposal for us to return to a relationship with Him. The focus is on Jesus and the cost of love. Not on warm, fuzzy feelings inside that we have. It's, it's, it, it's on the, the, the cost, what it costs. God to love us. God will not force us to choose him. That would not be true love. Instead, he offers us his love. He offers it and he allows us to choose to accept and to return his love or to reject it. This is amazing love because we have already rejected him, probably over and over, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 6 through 10. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our relationship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we certainly will be saved through the life of his son. So we can now rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We must love each other like Christ has loved us. This is a self-sacrificing love. That's the example Jesus gives us. We must love each other self-sacrificially with patience and kindness, without envy or pride, uh, refusing to be rude or greedy or divided, not wishing evil on others or uh, rejoicing in in their their sin but instead rejoicing when truth wins as we bear all things together looking for the best and uh, and never giving up 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this is probably the verse that y'all used at your wedding if you've If you are married, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, verse 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. But it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love neither gives up nor loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I'm, I mean, I know y'all have heard this verse before, of course, and and you probably read it on a regular basis. It's a good idea. Read it every day, especially if you're married. But I just want to review a few of the important words here. Patient, kind, not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Uh not demanding irritable I'm reading these things and think boy I I could lay claim to all of these words uh, just about every day being irritable um, boastful proud rude with my wife and then I'm a little low on the patience and the kindness Um, man it doesn't keep a record good stuff so true love is a courageous and a costly gift. Think about that the next time that you're in a fight with your spouse or with uh, your kids or a good friend. Jesus didn't wait for us to ask him to forgive us before he sacrificed himself for us. No, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is so easy to say on the wedding day, but a few years in the marriage where the rubber meets the road and you feel how much it costs to actually love that person. When we've been hurt, when we've been wronged, patience and kindness isn't, is not the natural response. Long-suffering feels like forever suffering the patience is is really difficult love is though bearing all things enduring all things this means things like finances enduring through that bearing that uh, this means the medical situations that we uh, go through with our Uh, spouse or our friends um, our neighbors, the the people that we love this means um, raising your kids together Uh, disciplining the kids Uh, that's hard on a marriage right there this means making it through enduring through all these other things Um, this means getting through the bad days uh, when you're arguing with your wife or your your husband uh, because you know That God loved you, gave you grace and mercy, and um, gave you the room to grow. If God gives us those things, man, we need to pass those things on. Uh, We need to be reflecting God, loving others the same way that He loves us. God doesn't intend... For true love to just be experienced in marriage as well. Uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, verse 34 through and 35. John chapter 14, verse 30, actually 13. 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should each love, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Prove to the world. You know, we all have, we all have a testimony and uh, we all are evangelists, whether we know it or not, and the, the showing of love to our spouse, to our neighbors, um, to the people that we don't like, to our enemies. Showing that love is our way to be an example to the world. And it's the first step in in changing, uh, changing relationships with a person and then for them to get to know us, to love us, and then realize where our love comes from. Because our love doesn't come from the little red heart-shaped thing that's inside of us um, it comes from God he gave it to us first Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 18 last verse for today verse 9 of Romans chapter 12 don't just pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong hold on tightly to what is good Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice uh, hospitality. No, that's not what that says. Hosp. But, yeah, that's what that says. I have problems pronouncing the word. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. And do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Put others above yourself. Reflecting the, God, the love that God gives us. We need it. God created us to have an incompleteness so that we need the love that he offers. We need it to survive. I've had to feed my cattle extra hay. Um, You farmers know that when when it gets real cold like this, um, they need to eat. They need to eat all the time because, well, if you've ever ate a big meal right before bed, then uh, I guess it's the process of digestion as you're laying there. You'll wake up in the middle of the night sweating because um, it's creating that heat that we need to uh, survive and so you you need to feed your cattle extra when it's two degrees outside so that you can survive the cold weather and spiritually we need to consume God's love he gave it to us Uh, why not use it and and take it in Uh, consume that love so that uh, we can stay uh, spiritually alive and reflect that love on other people ultimately so that we can all be um, in a place where love is automatic. It's just, it's just the rule in heaven. And we're all looking forward to that. Um, God loves us. And uh, he shows us that example. That perfect example. Put others above yourself. Extend grace. Even when you've been hurt. Be compassionate. Be generous. And be humble that my friends is the cost of love struggle it's real the difficulty is real through it all because of God's love we can consider it joy and we can persevere through it praying for you guys happy valentine's day and uh, don't forget to immerse yourself in God's word So we can understand this crazy and reckless thing called love.